Our guest today is Bill George, professor of management practice at Harvard Business School, where he teaches about leadership. He's the former chairman and chief executive officer of Medtronic and author of four best-selling books on the topic of leadership. Bill, thanks for joining us. Nice to be here. Thank you. We're going to talk about the repeal of the Defense of Marriage Act, uh, also known as DOMA, uh, something that you've written about and commented on a lot over the past few months. Uh, the Defense of Marriage Act was signed by Bill Clinton in 1996, and on June 26, the U.S. Supreme Court struck down Section 3 of DOMA, and by doing so, awarded to married same-sex couples the federal benefits that had previously been limited to opposite-sex couples. Uh, they didn't address Section 2. Uh, Section 2 is the one that allows the states to deny recognition of same-sex marriages that originated in states where that's legalized. So there's some unfinished business there, and we can talk about uh, what that means to business leaders and others. But what exactly did the Supreme Court accomplish with the decision that they made on, on June 26th? I believe this is a very important step to repeal a wrong. In fact, President Clinton himself has said that one of the most shameful things he did in his presidency was support or sign the uh, Defense of Marriage Act. Uh, rights for all people, let's talk about gay people, uh, and lesbians, transgender, uh, is a civil rights issue of our time. I was very involved in the civil rights movement in the 1960s. Uh, this is our civil rights issue today. Mm -hmm. And I think any corporation, any organization, certainly any law that discriminates for any reason is wrong. Because I believe the discrimination for one reason gives license to discrimination for any reason. So if I can discriminate against someone because they're gay, then they can discriminate against me because I'm white or African-American or Hispanic or whatever. And uh, I just think any form of discrimination is wrong and needs to be eliminated from our society. Now, the Supreme Court didn't go far enough, but this issue is moving very rapidly, and I've been pleasantly surprised how far it's come in just the last year. And, and Minnesota, in fact, has made a ruling on this recently, the Minnesota Senate. Uh, yeah, that's a big yeah. breakthrough. Uh, a year ago, gee, it was just, just a year ago, the tide was moving in favor of passing a constitutional amendment in liberal Minnesota that would have made it uh, illegal for all time for same-sex couples to be treated like opposite-sex couples with regard to marriage. Six to nine months after that happened, uh, we now have uh, the law has been repealed or changed to make uh, same-sex marriage legal in Minnesota. So it's a, a great breakthrough. And you wrote a, an impassioned op-ed on the Star Tribune about that. Uh, so you must have some clout because... Uh... I don't know about <laughs> any clout I had. But I, I aimed this at corporate CEOs because many of them were hiding in the shadows. And I said, you know, Minnesota's a town of Fortune 500 CEOs. And I said, you guys need to step up right now and declare yourself, not just as individuals, which several had already done and given money, but declare your companies, because this is unhealthy for your companies. If you create an environment that's not accepting and welcoming, not just accepting, welcoming of all people regardless of differences, no one's gonna to wanna to work there. I mean, for instance, if, if there was a corporation that uh, wanted to hire me, and I'm heterosexual, I have a nice family and all, but it was in an environment discriminated against gays, I wouldn't work there. So there were 300-plus uh, uh, CEOs across the country who, who signed on in support of repealing yeah. uh, Section 3. Uh, if I happen to be, and it, we, we talked about Section 2 and the fact that that's sort of puts the, the ball back in the court of the states in some ways to interpret this in their own way. If I'm a CEO in a state that hasn't legalized same-sex marriage, uh, what should I be thinking about? It's pretty simple because what's going to happen to those states that do discriminate, 
they're going to have trouble attracting business to their state and retaining the business that they have. Among the younger generation, our MBAs here at Harvard, uh, for instance, it's, it's a non-issue. The idea that you would discriminate is kind of absurd to them. And so I think the states that are lagging behind are going to have to give way and change their laws. Otherwise, they'll find themselves losing companies and they'll find themselves losing business. Now, most companies operate across state lines. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see, or maybe it's already happening and you're seeing it already, uh, you know, corporate leaders who are uh, trying to apply pressure in multiple places around the country where you know, these laws haven't been passed yet? Well, if they have employees, certainly there, yeah. because uh, or else they'll, you know, corporations are free to go wherever they want to go, and they're going to go to the place that allows them to attract the best employees. And my whole argument is, you can't attract the best employees, heterosexual, homosexual. I don't care, Catholic, Jewish, Muslim, uh, atheist, unless you're open to all people. If your company discriminates, you're not going to attract the best employees, regardless of their orientation, mm-hmm. or regardless of their religious faith, regardless of their ethnic uh, origin. You corporations today must be totally non-discriminatory. In fact, I got very upset with the military, one of our great organizations. During World War II, they were the first ones that in- integrated. You know, they provided opportunities. And then for them to be so late to the party on this, I teach authentic leadership here at the school. And the idea to say, don't ask, don't tell, and I had a number of military officers who had dropped out of the military, came here as MBAs, really outstanding military veterans, but they felt like they couldn't continue living a lie in the military, Mm -hmm. and that's a disgrace. Mm -hmm. And fortunately, the military has heard that and changed. So in your experience, is this unusual where, where business leaders would step into what's essentially a civil rights issue and put their muscle behind trying to make change? Did that happen, for instance, uh, you know, in the 1960s? You bet. In fact, much more in the 1960s. When we had all the riots following uh, uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, assassination, we had huge race riots around the country because African Americans were rightly very upset that their uh, presumed leader had been assassinated. And uh, corporations got really serious about this in places like Detroit and South Central L.A. and Newark and in places where they were having riots. Business leaders across the country came together to step up and say, this is not society we know and love. We've got to change. But there's some backlash that comes with that. You mentioned uh, to me earlier before we started recording that uh, in, when you wrote that op-ed in the Star Tribune, you, you heard from people. Uh, <laughs> I got some wonderful notes from people, but also there's some of them you wouldn't want to read. I tell you, I wouldn't quote them to you on the air or even privately. They were so gross. Mm. And so, yeah, there's a lot of prejudice. There's a lot of prejudice about everything out there, but it's not okay. But I tried to reach out and talk personally to people that sent me letters that were unhappy. Say, what is it that upset you? And let's talk about it. So I think it's good to have a conversation if people have certain views that they need to be informed by facts. So as somebody who teaches uh, corporate leaders about authentic leadership, uh, what advice would you give to a CEO who is, you know, who obviously is thinking about this in the context of the backlash for the brand that they represent, uh, the reputation of the organization? Well, clearly General Mills, Ken Powell, who's actually used to be lead director of Medtronic after I left the board, uh, did this. He declared General Mills to be supporting very strongly uh, same-sex marriage. And he went right on the line for it. And there was a group organized to uh, boycott General Mills cereals. So I'm not going to have any more Cinnamon Toast Crunch or, you know, Wheaties. Mm -hmm. Can't get my Wheaties anymore. 
And actually, ironically, everyone heard about the boycott, but the reality is there was another organization, a counter-movement organized, and there were 10 times that maybe people signed up for that to support what General Mills had done. So that's courage. But that's what CEOs need to have. Many CEOs would say, this isn't really my issue. I'm just worried about my business. I would say, this is your issue, and it is part of your business. And by the way, every single employee and every single customer here is watching to see what stand you take. If you're on the wrong side of the issue, you may not have a boycott organized, but you may find yourself uh, losing support from your employees and your customers. And what could be more important? Say you have religious reviews, which doesn't accept this. That's okay, but you don't impose that on your company, your organization. You rise above that, and you separate and say, well, this is my personal view. That's not my religious view, by the way, but if it is, you need to separate that from your role as a public figure leading a major corporation. As a result of repealing DOMA, obviously there are tax implications and things. Uh, any obvious downsides that you see for, for operating companies? Well, if there are, and I'm not sure what they would be, paying out benefits to same-sex couples, uh, you just step up to those things. Mm -hmm. they're, they're minor in the greater scheme of things for your organization. I must say, just for full disclosure, not to be hypocritical, and back in 1996 or seven. When Medtronic changed its policies to give benefits to same-sex couples, we also did the same thing for opposite-sex couples, mm -hmm. if, they could, if they could demonstrate they had a long-term committed relationship. I think commitment is the idea. And that was pretty far in advance of this, so you were... Uh... Yeah, but it wasn't advanced enough. Yeah. It was 1996. I mean, it should have been 10 years before. Bill, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for having me.